A growing number of parents are taking their children out of public school systems in favor of private and charter schools. And not a few are choosing to teach their children at home. Why? The answer is obvious. They are fed up with activists teaching their children values to which they don't agree. Teach reading, writing, math, science, and history, but leave instruction and moral values to parents. Many parents are frustrated with what they see, but don't have the money for private or charter schools, nor are they personally able or equipped with what it takes to homeschool their children. Public schools are only one danger parents face while raising their loved ones. Many homeschooled children spend hours each week on social networking sites, introducing to their young minds a variety of dangers. Conspiracy theories and misinformation abound on the internet, such as promoting the idea that the earth is flat. Where are we headed? Considering how much has changed in the last five years, what pressures will you face trying to raise your children over the next five years? The thought is alarming. Join me today on Tomorrow's World, where I will explore what is ahead for our children and how you as a parent or grandparent can inoculate your offspring from moral degradation and other dangers lurking out there to destroy them. Welcome to Tomorrow's World, where today we'll explore the challenges facing you as a parent or grandparent and bringing up your children and grandchildren in this brave new world of political correctness and rapidly changing values. Children are coming home from school shocking parents by informing them that they no longer want to eat meat. They're not sure if they're a boy or a girl, and the world is going to end in 10 years unless we turn out the lights. Fathers are always happy when their children turn off lights when leaving their rooms. But this is a new twist affecting the family budget. And when one's daughter is making posters protesting the oil sands, this is going a bit far for her oil worker father who is losing his livelihood. Children are often easily manipulated. And one liberal United States Senator learned this firsthand. Dianne Feinstein represents the state of California. And except for politicians and celebrities who fly about in private planes and lecture the rest of us about carbon usage, California is one of the most eco-friendly places you can find. That is why the liberal Ms. Feinstein was shocked when a group of middle and high school age students barged into her office demanding her aggressive support for the so-called Green New Deal. These students believe the world has only 12 years left due to climate change. Were they aware of Noel Brown's prediction? As director of the New York office of UNEP, that is the United Nations Environmental Program, he said governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect before it goes beyond human control. As the warming melts polar ice caps, ocean levels will rise by up to three feet. One-sixth of Bangladesh could be flooded, displacing a fourth of its 90 million people. 
UNEP estimates it would cost the United States at least $100 billion to protect its East Coast alone. Shifting climate patterns would bring back 1930s Dust Bowl conditions to Canadian and U.S. wheatlands. But wait a minute. Those failed predictions were made in 1989, more than 30 years ago. And has any thinking person asked, what caused the 1930s Dust Bowl? Was the drought of those years man-made? Or was it a cycle that comes along from time to time? Today's students are also too young to remember the earlier global cooling scare of the 1970s and 80s. Some parents are concerned about the way schools are indoctrinating their children with ideas and values they may not share. It didn't take long after 44 years of conservative rule in Alberta for the incoming government to introduce new curriculum courses and values that many parents opposed. Even charter and private schools were required to teach the new agenda, contrary to former agreements with the provincial government. It appears that parents have lost the right to train their children in their moral value system. Why are traditional values of family and faith suddenly out of date? Should parents not have the right in raising their children? Not everyone is giving in to this forced political correctness. Jordan Peterson, a clinical psychologist and professor of psychology, burst onto the scene when he released a series of YouTube videos critical of Bill C-16, which added gender expression and gender identity as protected grounds to the Human Rights Act and became law on the 19th of June, 2017. He also debated with students outside the classroom on the subject of forced use of new pronouns, explaining that it was a violation of free speech to force one to use someone else's language and terminology. Peterson has not been the only one pushing against the enforcement of new personal pronouns. A more humorous protest came from south of the border. When the University of Michigan required students to use each person's preferred pronoun, such as Z, Zer, XM, and Per, replacing he, she, her, and him, one student treated what seemed to him to be absurdity with his own brand of absurdity. In protest to these policies popping up all over university campuses, writer Jack Heretic explained in the September 30th, 2016 article that student Grant Strobel decided to use the program to point out how crazy it is to force everyone else to call people by these preferred pronouns. If someone fails to refer to another person by their preferred pronoun, they may be punished. So in protest, Strobel demanded that he henceforth should be referred to as His Majesty. The article went on to say that other students took up the cause. Other new University of Michigan pronouns include His Grace, Her Royal Highness, and the Exalted Reverend Dr. Architect. But laying all humor aside, it seems our children are growing up in an illogical world in which even the polite expression of a dissenting opinion can get one in trouble. Traditional values of how to define family and faith are crumbling 
and not everyone is happy with the direction our world is heading. So what is a parent to do? How can you bring up your children to love and respect others, but to stand firm in who they are and preserve your family values? It's not easy. But a longtime friend who has raised five successful and caring children of his own has produced a DVD titled, Raising Good Kids in a Bad World. Okay, I know that kids are not children but goats, but we must pick our battles. In this DVD, Jonathan McNair gives the big picture of what you can do to create the right environment to rear your children, to be secure in who they are and what they believe, and not be swayed by the latest wind of political correctness. If you are a parent or grandparent, you need raising good kids in a bad world. This DVD can be yours free of charge, so order your copy today. And when I come back from this short break, I'll explore how technology is affecting our children's faith. Let me tell you how you can get this exciting DVD free. Just dial the number on your screen and ask for Raising Good Kids in a Bad World. You can also order online at TWCanada.org. There's no cost and no catch. We simply believe that the materials provided on this DVD will be helpful for anyone concerned for the future of the next generation. So call us now or visit us online to get your free copy. If you missed our contact information this time, I will give it again later in the program. Most of us realize that the internet and social media are not entirely beneficial to society. But here is a less publicized internet evil. Dr. Paul McClure of the University of Lynchburg explains the danger of religious syncretism upon our children. Syncretism is the mixing and blending of doctrines and practices between various religions. But when each person does this, the end effect is that each person develops his own unique religion. Now that may seem good to some in our postmodern world, but shouldn't religion be about truth? And isn't truth more than personal belief? Dr. McClure explains the problem in his treatise titled, Faith and Facebook in a Pluralistic Age, the effects of social networking sites on the religious beliefs of emerging adults. He first addresses some of the better known evils of the internet, but then focuses on how social networking sites affect family moral values. Using data from the National Study of Youth and Religion, he writes, Recent changes in technology have accelerated the growth of the pornography and gambling industries. Other studies have shown that Internet use may underwrite antisocial behaviors for adolescents, and that SNS are cited as contributing factors in divorce proceedings. Parents especially fret about the latent effects of modern technologies. According to these concerned parents, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter expose adolescents to a plurality of worldviews that may be at odds with what they have learned at home. As a result, new social technologies often pose a threat to parents who wish to impart specific moral or religious teachings to their children. Dr. McClure then explains a more subtle danger involving religion itself. McClure explains this unintended consequence of social networking sites. 
I find that emerging adults who use SNS are more likely to think it is acceptable to pick and choose their religious beliefs and practice multiple religions independent of what their religious tradition teaches. These findings suggest that exposure to broader networks through social media leads to increased acceptance of syncretistic beliefs and practices. The results of picking and choosing from a cafeteria of beliefs is that each individual forms God in his own image. One must ask, how can everyone be right when no one agrees? Equally troubling is that changing immigration laws and patterns have contributed to the influx of Eastern religions. As a result, Wuthno argues, young adults are not only exposed to greater religious diversity than their parents were, but today they are also much more inclined to be spiritual tinkerers, cutting and pasting from the panoply of religions to customize their own tailor-made spirituality. Many in our postmodern world would applaud the idea of what they see as taking the best of all religions and forming one's own personal religion. But if God exists, is this what He applauds? Is the God of the Bible and Jesus Christ happy with mankind picking and choosing what each one wants to believe? Due to the influence of these Eastern religions, we see an increase in astrology, vegetarianism, transcendental meditation, and transmigration of souls, all ideas contrary to biblical doctrines. In fact, Bible prophecy predicted this trend. Read it in Isaiah, the second chapter, and verse 6. For you have forsaken your people, the house of Jacob, because they are filled with eastern ways. They are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they are pleased with the children of foreigners. According to Pew Research, millennials are classified as those born between 1981 and 1996, and Gen Z are those born after 1997. It's easy to look at each group as monolithic, everyone walking in lockstep, all conforming to the same set of values. But this is inaccurate and it's unfair. While there are certain stereotypes, each group is made up of individuals. At the same time, each group was and is heavily influenced by their upbringing and their peers. My parents' generation, for example, was heavily influenced by the Great Depression and World War II. But not everyone in their generation learned the same lessons from the Depression. And not everyone in my generation took up the banner of drugs and not-so-free sex. Sadly, however, too many among our younger generations have abandoned traditional Western values. Having cast aside God, where are they now? The Bible gives surprising answers. Paul's second letter to Timothy gives a prediction of the end of the age, our day today. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Note that the prophecy is for the last days, and perilous simply means dangerous. Do we not see many dangers around us, violent crime, terrorism, and bullying? What follows indicates the source of the atmosphere that creates these conditions. Here it is in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. 
For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Where do these attitudes and behaviors begin? Is it not in the values being taught to children? Is it not in the home and in the schools? And in the kind of examples and training children are given? And what about the churches? Notice that it says that they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. The passage goes on to say that we should turn away from such people and gives good reason for doing so. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Tragically, even members of the clergy have done great damage to adults and children alike by their ungodly behaviors. No wonder so many have turned away from belief in the Creator. Jonathan McNair's new DVD, Raising Good Kids in a Bad World, gives practical advice to parents and grandparents. He gives broad principles that make a difference. And I don't say this lightly, and no one of any age is perfect, but his five grown children will be the joy of any parent. The advice he gives on this DVD is priceless. It's given out free of charge as a public service to any who want it. So please, for the sake of your family, pick up the phone and order your free copy of Raising Good Kids in a Bad World. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And when I come back, we will look at what the Bible tells us is in store for a rebellious generation. To request your free copy, call the number displayed on the screen and ask for Raising Good Kids in a Bad World. You can also order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked where is the world headed, or what does the future hold for my family? Tomorrow's World magazine answers these questions and more, and will also be sent to you free of charge. Call us right now or visit us online to get your free DVD, Raising Good Kids in a Bad World, and Tomorrow's World magazine. Enjoy the rest of the program. Our world is rejecting its creator. And the assault is heavy upon our children, who are pawns in the hands of social reformers who have a vision of a very different world than you likely have. Many of these reformers despise God and His ways for mankind. Leviticus 26, beginning in verse 14, explains, But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. Our world is marked by terrorism. In reality, we are reaping what we've sown. 
as we are warned in Galatians, the sixth chapter, verses seven and eight. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And the biblical book of Hosea gives us this warning in chapter 8 and verse 7. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. Simply put, we are bringing many sorrows upon ourselves, and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. There's been a popular assault against God for decades, and this is especially true in academia, Hollywood, and the media. And sadly, Christianity for far too long has been reduced to fairy tales, such as the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Many churches today focus on entertainment and require little of their followers. Music, while important, has become the main event. And don't expect people to dress up for God. Come just as you are. Other churches focus on repetitious ritual. The true gospel has been replaced by gospels promoting cheap grace, health, and wealth. Secularism has also robbed man of his purpose by denying God and reducing man to little more than an accident with no future. False Christianity has robbed mankind of his true purpose. The gospel that Jesus preached for three and a half years is no longer part of the message. People were held in check for centuries by the fear of burning in hellfire, something people can no longer reconcile with a loving God, and something, by the way, that the Bible does not teach. And predatory priests have destroyed faith and left many disillusioned. As the above three passages explain, we will reap corruption, sorrow, and the whirlwind. Is this passage in Jeremiah 4 also not descriptive of what we see happening in our Western nations? For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children, and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. Do you at times wonder what's happening? Where is all this insanity that I see heading? How can we survive as a nation? And how can I protect my children from what is happening around them and to them? The Bible warned us of this time when the knowledge of God would disappear from the public square. And what would be the result? Well, notice this chilling warning in Hosea, the fourth chapter in verse six. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. How ironic that in the age of knowledge, when knowledge is exploding as never before, that God says his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yes, we are wise to do evil, but have no knowledge to do good. The knowledge we have rejected and forgotten is the law of God. And God tells us that because of this, he will forget our children. Yet there's coming a time in the future when God will intervene in human affairs. Yes, there is good news in the long run, but not until terrible punishment comes on a generation that despises and rejects its creator. 
Hope of that better time is given in Isaiah, the 54th chapter, and verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. On today's Tomorrow's World program, we've briefly explored problems facing today's parents. We've seen that as our world rejects God, God will increasingly reject our children. However, there are strategies you can employ to protect your children. It is possible to raise good kids in a bad world. Our specially prepared DVD gives practical and workable advice. You need this DVD and it's yours free for the asking. So pick up the phone and ask for today's special offer. And be sure to stay tuned for Tomorrow's World Answers. We also invite you to join us every week on Tomorrow's World. In this world of growing chaos and confusion, you need the solid guidance that comes from your Bible. Stuart Wahovich, Michael Haycoop, and I will continue to bring you more information about today's issues and the glorious hope of tomorrow's world. To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, PO Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M0P6. Welcome to Tomorrow's World Answers, where we answer your questions straight from the Bible. The practice of baptizing babies and young children has been a long-standing tradition in some Christian churches. Commonly, we are often asked if this practice is indeed biblical. So we will try and answer from the Bible itself. So, does the Bible command infant baptism? There is a scripture that many turn to in order to justify infant baptism. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. This scripture, however, is not speaking of baptism but rather of the fact that a converted person will be humble and teachable like a little child. These children were brought to Christ not to be baptized, but to be blessed with health, protection, and guidance. There is no biblical record of infant baptism. The Bible, in fact, states that one cannot be baptized into the faith until one first accepts that Jesus is the Savior and is fully repentant and willing to change one's life to be obedient to God. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A small child is not able to thoughtfully analyze his actions and fully repent, or change to live in alignment with God's instructions. Only when one is repentant is one able to receive God's Spirit after baptism. And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Christian baptism, according to the Scripture, is a thoughtful commitment and agreement made with our Creator 
and can only be made by a teachable, informed, and humble mind. To submit a question for the show, email us at twanswers at tomorrowsworld.org. Be sure to watch us online at twcanada.org or by searching Tomorrow's World Answers on YouTube. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Write or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.